Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Today's podcast is with Jerry Smith from ADT. He's a PM. Yeah. Tell me about yourself, Jerry. Oh, well, where do we start? Um, Well, uh, first I want to hear, I want to hear your background before you were PM. Because this sounds interesting. Okay, yeah. Interesting background. <laughs> interesting. So should we start with the colorful beginning? Do. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, like many young men okay. in life, I think, um, you know, uh, caught up in the wrong crowd, doing a little bit of the wrong stuff. Well played. Um, always managed to stay out of any serious trouble, but mm-hmm. I did find myself in a position where I was uh, in possession of um, some stolen audio equipment for my car. Okay. Used to love you know, ground pounding, you know, stereo systems back in the day. And and you're a guitarist. And I am a guitar player now. I wasn't then, but yeah. Um, and so uh, I found myself um, incarcerated for a couple of days okay. <clears throat> in possession of stolen goods. I worked graveyard shift at a gas station and just bought them out of a van, you know. Um, there was a sting operation as it happens oh, no to be. Yes. And so I was one of the semi-innocent, you know, victims of circumstance. So um, I found myself in jail for a couple of days. And my grandfather, who literally was a rocket scientist, he was a weapons engineer for Jet Labs. No kidding. Yeah, he, uh, he said, son, I'll get you out of trouble if you go to college. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, DeVry Technical Institute yeah. was a brick-and-mortar college. Oh, absolutely. And uh, did the whole thing and graduated and went So you have an electronics degree. Though. I do have an yeah. electronics degree, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, large, heavy technical background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I graduated and went to work for a two-way radio company. Which one? It's called Raycom. Yeah, I know Raycom. They're out of Southern mm-hmm. California. Yeah. Okay, Bear Communications yeah, Bear is Communications. like their big competitor, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, they're the they're the ones up here. But Raycom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you from L.A. or San Diego? Yeah, or? Southern California. So grew up in Claremont, um, in L.A. County. No kidding. Are you are you from yeah, that I, area I'm too? From Claremont, I'm uh, San Diego. So I'm from okay. El Cajon. Oceanside. The other Claremont. The other Claremont. Yes. I lived in the other Claremont. When you said that, I'm like yes. Claremont. Oh, you want to be Claremont, the big one. Well, if you can call it that. You want to yeah. call it big. Right. It's like Covina. <laughs> Well, Covina's, yeah, Covina's large. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you're from, from basically L.A. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I escaped the concrete jungle at mm-hmm. like 23 years old. Um, so so you worked for this two-way radio company. Right. Putting stuff together for them. Yeah. No, I was a bench technician. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did a lot of two-way radio service for them. And when I left there, I ended up being recruited into uh, Motorola's Area F high-tech depot okay. out of El Segundo. Yeah. And that was really quite the experience. It, it took huh. me from being a general technologist on radios to touching um, airplane transponders uh-huh. to first generation mobile data, data terminals for police yeah, the vehicles, MDTs. the MDTs. Yeah. Um, what? Wow, you sound like you know exactly what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. I'm kind That's of a nut great. For that. There was the, uh, also the first generation um, 
vehicle location, Lor, Lorax, Lor? Loran. Loran, bingo, you mm-hmm. got it, yeah. And, and Lo, there was Lojack, and, well, and Lojack Loran was, was recovery. Na- navigator. Right, Lor, yeah, Lojack Loran. was recovery, Loran was navigator for police and nice. ambulances and things like that. So um, a lot of exposure yeah. early on to new, you know, emerging technologies. Yeah, because that was, bef- they were just starting to get into trunking. Well, LA was into right. trunking before anybody right. else. Right. and. Yeah, I was familiar with the Motorola trunking system here when we when OHSU lost their license and they had to jump okay. on the 800 trunk and right. we've discovered all of its ins and outs. Yeah. And now all ham radio is all basically Motorola turbo kind right. of. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's got another name for it, but it essentially is right. all that. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it's great to talk DMR. to a radio guy, man. Yeah. You know, there's just a few did of you, us well, did left, Did you ever right? get your ham license and do all that stuff? I didn't. Or, I no. didn't. I, it was more a professional career, you mm-hmm. know, not so much in the hobby level, although we did have fun listening to... Um, I, so I went from two-way radio. Yes, bingo. Yeah, bingo. I went from two-way radio into cell phone technology, <laughs> yeah. and my favorite instrument was the Schlumberger test set <laughs> because I could follow. I could actually mm-hmm. hear the handshakes from cellular communication. Oh, so you could follow. follow the whole thing. I could follow the conversation. I couldn't do that. I didn't have that equipment. I could just hear. Yeah. If I was in the cell, I could hear right. in the cell. And that was in the military. So we. Okay. I would get a Yesu. When I was on watch yeah, or on yeah, yeah. duty, I would just check it out, check out a UHF antenna, right. and just sit there at the desk and play with it. That's fun stuff. Like, oh my god, because that's when it was all like 860 megahertz right. and above, and you could right. just go and you could just listen to conversation after conversation oh, just after click conversation. And click, and click, drop into a really good one. <laughs> yes, yes, I absolutely did. Matter of fact, when I got out of the Navy and moved up here, I bought an ACE um, AOR. Scanner still right. have it a thousand channel open yeah. scanner with no nice. cell, but that's before everything went all, you know, uh, CDMA and TDMA. Oh yeah, the multiple frequency yeah. bands and everything. Well, right. well yeah. what the months the modulation went from just open regular FM to right. uh, CDMA or TDMA. Right. Then, it, then you had to then you really had to modify stuff. Yeah, so you've got like, to have like a cellular kind of a receiver yeah, in that situation. You, you sure. can you can tap off of the discriminator and build a circuit for it but okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't that into it I'm like well, okay. Know, at that point I'd been a spook long enough I'm like I I don't want to hear anybody else's You know crap. that's funny you mentioned that you're you're we're, we seem contemporaries yeah. right um, do you remember the advertisements for Mr. Microphone Yeah you Yeah know, hey baby we'll be back to pick you up later right mm-hmm. um, when I was in college discovering the intermediate frequency mixer mm-hmm was magical. <laughs> I built a transmitter oh, that no talked kidding. at 11.7 megahertz. So yeah, you can and I could just talk to anybody Jam right the in there. Yeah. That's it was, funny. It was pretty fun. That is funny. Yeah. yeah, not too many people know that. No. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I tell, uh, I, I teach at uh, night school and when we I talk about a lot of history and most people don't know that in, in the United Kingdom, when they were looking for Russian spies or Soviet spies, the the uh, local oscillators were so coupled so poorly that they would leak, and so really? the G, yeah the GCHQ could home in on what frequency they were listening on, knowing what the local oscillator that was oh, leaking right. out of the antenna was. Yeah. So if they were tuned to this frequency, then they they could figure out which house was tuned to what frequency, right. and then what they were listening to as those numbers would come across or whatever transmissions. It was right. amazing. I was, dang, I was just like, 
They need to add a notch filter. To they that did. Thing or they eventually right? figured yeah. it out because <laughs> there was enough leaks in the right. in the British system that they came back and said, "Better put a capacitor to it." Right. <laughs> That's great. That's cool, man. Yeah, definitely. So you so you got into all the Motorola stuff to begin with, and some of the higher tech stuff, and then what did yeah. you do? Um, so um, lots of two way radio communications things. Mm-hmm. I ended up being um, headhunted. Great turn of events in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, to become, <coughs> pardon me, um, an, an ambulatory telemetry distributed antenna systems engineer. Okay. okay? So this is, um, this is early in data communications mm-hmm. for body-worn type technologies. Mm-hmm. And I worked for... For the medical field? In the medical field. Yeah. I worked for a company called um, Protocol. Mm-hmm. And their niche was uh, ambulatory patient monitoring for heart rhythm and um, pulse oximetry. Wow. So the oxygen saturation in Mm. your blood. So between uh, understanding a heart rhythm Mm -hmm. and understanding pulse oximetry, you get a really good idea of what the body's doing Hmm. and its state of health. And so its application was in hospitals for post-cardiac or Mm -hmm. post-pulmonary surgical um, patients. And the idea was that they could get up out of bed Mm -hmm. wearing a body-worn instrument and ambulate, ambulatory monitoring throughout the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so um, the long and the short of it, it really wasn't that high tech. Uh, It was based in VHF and UHF frequencies. Mm Uh, the VHF band, we planted all of our transmitters in vacant TV channels. Okay. So it was the same, like 174 to mm-hmm. 198 or yeah. something like that, right? Um, and the uh, the technology was basically a cable TV system. Uh, no, very similar to what you'd find in an apartment building or something like that, distributing cable TV to yeah. the, uh, the sets, the, you know, the viewers. It was the opposite. That's neat. But, you know, electronics are reciprocal, right? Mm-hmm. You can turn a speaker into a microphone. Right. Same thing. Same so thing. Yeah. so we had these distributed antenna systems That's throughout cool. hospitals. Yeah. And boy, balancing those things was difficult. <laughs> um, and depending on the, the location that you were in, um, very challenging. No kidding. Yeah. San Diego. You're from San Diego. I'm from San Diego, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mercy Scripps Hospital. Yeah. Been there. Right, downtown San Diego. Yeah. One of my favorite clients, one of my favorite locations to work. Uh, the Navy base is down there. Very rich RF environment. Very rich in RF <laughs> yeah. environment. We couldn't yes. even turn certain radars on within right. within in the coastline. We right. would just screw up exactly. like channel six or something. Exactly. And, and at that base, the Navy SEALs do a lot of um, uh, incursion extraction. I'm not sure if I'm getting the language mm-hmm. right, but you know, um, bringing sailors into the coastline and then extracting mm-hmm. them from the coastline. Yeah. During those times, they also um, did a lot of radio jamming and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun for me as a young systems engineer, 28 maybe, mm-hmm. working with seasoned field engineers who were in their early 50s um, with me coming to the game with a higher level of understanding of RF. Sure. You know, they're, they're yeah. medical systems engineers, biomeds, you know, working on uh, ventilators and a, a variety of different, mm-hmm. you know, medical technologies. Um, but they 
installed the system and, and placed it in a vacant television channel, mm-hmm. but were um, not experienced enough really to understand the entire RF spectrum right. from the perspective of a spectrum analyzer. Yeah, and what right. else is happening in right that they don't know yeah and the yeah. spec a i mean that's your that's your main tool as a mm-hmm. radio guy you can see the you see everything that's going on and uh we had the system fought it for three or four weeks i was based out of beaverton in fact probably less than a quarter mile from where i'm working now <laughs> nice yeah and uh every weekend mm-hmm. the telemetry system just would poop out man we'd We're get drop out We'd lose cardiac rhythms and things like that. That's not good because the technology is a force multiplier. Fewer nurses, right. more patients. Right. You need solid data. Yeah. And uh, it turned out to be a trip down there. And sure enough, man, every weekend I spent three weekends there. And every weekend in that certain band of the spectrum, the SEALs activities would light up. We'd see helicopters out off the coast mm-hmm. and everything. And bang, the whole... You know, and, yeah, the, the whole radio spectrum would, spectrum would just yeah. fill up. Yeah. And so, you know, we ended up moving it, and that's all we had to do, but that's, the right tools. That's and, cool. Yeah. Uh, I was stationed on the Anfib base my last three and a half years. Nice. So I was sandwiched in a command that was between Special Warfare and the BUDS okay. barracks there. It was, mm-hmm. uh, at the time, it was called Fleet Tactical Station and Group. You were comms? What, what did you do? Um, <clears throat> that particular command, I did uh, some comm work, but our purpose was uh, tactical deception, so we had Ooh, a variety cool. of equipments on board that we could do yeah. that with on our, on our equipment, and it ran the gambit. Right. So, so I was really familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah. And matter of fact, the some of the some of the inadvertent jamming activities that happened, uh, we were the cause of us and another group on mm-hmm. North Island. We would do a lot of that, not not in conjunction with SEAL work, that they had their own stuff, but right. we would go out and exercise with our battle group and do whatever we needed to do. Right. And um, what, I was, matter of fact, I was out with, uh, with uh, uh, battle group Foxtrot on a destroyer and the you know get this message and the guy goes okay oh, hey go ahead and and you know do do some like jamming stuff like do what you got to do and right. I'm like I'm, I was an E six and I'm like <laughs> you want to give me some specifications nah just, just do, light it just, up anything is anything open anything's open whatever you want and I looked at the other guys and I said watch to see how long this lasts <laughs> wham and I hit I hit. Uh, I, the the one I jammed that blew them away that they were not ready for was called Fleet Tac Warning, which is a frequency that they must, it's a UHF frequency, they have to have up. Every ship on the waterfront has to have it. Right. Every radio has to have it on. Every single every single ship. If the radio's if the radio central is not manned, then the quarter deck has to listen to this same frequency. So okay. you either have a radio man listening to it 24-7 or a quarter deck watch. Right. They didn't say anything was off limits, so wham, I jammed that. I jammed the controlling frequencies for what we call Beaver, which is how they move the ships in and out. Right. And oh man, I, I by the time I everybody by the time out, huh? yeah, but they they tried in vain to get back to tell us to stop, and I kept jamming every frequency that they called us on from from bridge to bridge to. Can't hear you too I, busy. We couldn't hear right nothing. Now. I jammed all the all the <laughs> HF stuff, and every time I every time I could think of the next way they'd try to communicate to us, I would either. You change the frequency or jam that, and I wow, would use nice a Mad work. Dog, which was a which was a uh, a uh, thing. Well, we did some work with them as a joke. I recorded a talk show 
in in San Diego. And um, I had a an hour or two recording of it. Right. And I had a Tascam four track recorder okay. player. Yep. So you would put a standard cassette in, and you would have two tracks forward, and then you could bring up track three, which would be reverse, you know, backwards audio. Okay. So then I took the uh, uh, white noise. I would put white or pink noise in there, and then play two tracks forward, and then one track backwards, and I would bring the sound levels up. So you could hear this through this, you know, deception, this jamming, you could hear somebody talking in a normal tone. Then you could hear backwards, oh, yeah. which we could do. Right. And I would just bring the levels up, and I was playing around with this just to see what the psychological effect was. Right. And I had equipment that was mounted outside. So I walked into combat of the ship I was on to see what the effect was. And we're right off the coast, so it's not like there's not a whole lot going on sure. anyway. Everybody was up against the speaker trying to figure out what the <laughs> hell was coming out of it. And I mean, there was like a couple of people where they were supposed to be, and everybody right. else was piled around the yeah. speaker going, what the hell is that? Yeah. And I just walked in, and I just looked in, and it started busting up. That's and they, after, they said, what What are you doing? What is that? And I'm right. like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's doing its job. <laughs> like, Jerry Springer, you guys are really oh paying close attention God. to it. <laughs> we, had, we had more fun. The crew I had... We had more fun doing stuff. They finally did get a hold of us, and then they they came back and gave us specifics on what you could and could not do. Because That's awesome. I, I took out the carriers, air traffic control. Yeah. I took out everything. I took out everything That's I great. knew that they needed. You know. Right. And, oh man, it was fun. That's great. That's, yeah. That that actually reminds me. Can I share a story sure, with you do. also? Yeah. Um, back in San Diego, here again, uh, still with the the medical technology mm -hmm. company that I was at, they had sold to Welch Allen. Now Welch Allen a big is name. a big name. Yeah. Um, if you walk into a doctor's office and get your blood pressure taken, yeah. or uh, if they look up your eyes or ears or nose, they're using Welch Allen instruments, 90% market share. They purchased protocol for the patient monitoring technology. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we were just emerging from UHF, VH, VHF, UHF radio into the original 802.11 frequency hopping oh, spread no spectrum wireless LAN. Wow. So now we're talking about um, extraordinarily robust communications, yeah. more so than we have now in G, N, A, B, C, any of these um, wireless LANs. They all... Uh, they manage their frequencies in a predictable manner. Mm -hmm. And this was just emerging military technology mm -hmm. at that time. Especially spread spectrum. spread spectrum. Yeah. And so um, the most challenging job maybe in my entire career was, this is two and a half gigahertz technology, mm -hmm. so highly directional, um, was putting a a patient monitoring system in the United States Naval ship Mercy. Oh, nice, yeah, US Based out of San Diego. The big white one. Yes, thousand bed hospital ship. Yeah. That ship can do anything except for organ transplants. And uh, when I was on that job, um, I designed the system, nice. and I was also the project manager for implementing the system. We had no idea that we'd have to be drilling through quarter inch steel mm -hmm. for you know we're and used to be waterproof man, when you're dude, done. we're used to like drywall right yeah yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> you know? a whole different world and not only that but trying to put a two and a half gigahertz wireless LAN mm -hmm. in a metal container 
that has many containers and hallways and things yeah. like that going on with it um, was brilliantly challenging. And um, the long and the short of it on the technical side was we had instruments that would read signal strength mm-hmm. um, and give us more importantly than signal strength data throughput. Mm-hmm. So we would know what kind of data from any position around a patient bed or in a surgical room or what have you. Um, and lots of shadows, lots of reflective areas, things that you just, you, you'd think, geez, I can see the AP from here, but my hmm. instrument can't hear it at all <laughs> because of multi-path and things yeah, that are going it, on. Yeah, because there's so many different shapes inside right. that space. Right. There are a lot of different angles. Right, and exactly. And attenuation here. And, yeah, and you just move a couple of feet and boom, and you got you full got signal, right? But you got to get it everywhere. Right, exactly. Uh, wow. So that was a big, big major challenge. I'm surprised and, they didn't use like Radiax or something. Like, um, like a like a radiax cable I'm going. Familiar through the middle with of the it. cable. Um, it's the opposite of heliax. Heliax is is enclosed. Radiax has right. those it's slots. Leaky in it. cable. It's leaky cable. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, um, it's just um, to the to the wavelength of two and a half gigahertz though is really small. Really tiny. Yeah. So you can't put it on you know that sort of a um, uh, antenna, mm, if okay. you will. Huh. Um, so uh, we ended up you know negotiating everything, figuring it all out, making all the adjustments that we needed to. But the story that's there is that uh, the captain of the USNS Mercy was notoriously grumpy. And um, he, I'm a coffee snob. Mm -hmm. I used to roast coffee. Um, Almost left technology to roast coffee, actually. Yeah, came real close. but so I traveled with my own coffee at the time. And so he was like a Folgers man. He's just like this hardcore, you know, Navy guy who's, yeah. you know, grumpy and he likes his Folgers coffee. By the end of the three weeks that I was on board, um, not only was he drinking my coffee, but we were hanging out on the bridge. Nice. And it's a, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in port, so it's not a full crew or anything. In mm-hmm. fact, it was basically like an empty hospital. Uh, but it was really cool connecting with them. Um, and they ended up gifting me with a box of legitimate Cuban cigars. Oh, no kidding! They had, they had just gone to Sumatra. There was the big nice. the big um, <clears throat> tidal waves that had mm-hmm. hit Sumatra. They had just done a medical job in, in Sumatra, Sumatra, and had come back. And uh, they gifted me with a map of their uh, course. Mm-hmm. I don't know a better word for it. You know yeah. the the course that the ship took from yeah. Sumatra back home. Uh, and that was a big win, but the bigger one, I think, was now keep in mind this is a this is a, a surgical uh, war hospital, mm-hmm. okay. And in order to train the medics and the surgeons and all the people with the traumas that they'll experience at war, they have incredibly lifelike human uh, d- dummies. Um, that are robotic. <clears throat> oh no! Kidding. They'll pump blood. They will. Uh, they'll scream. Wow, they'll do I all these things. That. Oh yeah, absolutely. Completely lifelike as huh. well. And <laughs> on my last day on board the ship, uh, again, it's an empty. Mm-hmm. It's an empty. I mean, it's like um, Halloween. You know, the <laughs> flickering lights in the long hall, the long dark mm-hmm. hallway kind of a situation. You know. And I've got my suitcase with me, and I'm rolling out, and I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody. And those clowns, man, military and law enforcement, have a sick sense of humor. (laughs) 
and <laughs> I can hear this one coming. They had placed one of these trauma dummies <laughs> right behind the last door that I had to pass through. And it scared the <laughs> shit out of me, man. <laughs> and there was like, you know, 14 or 15 crewmen uh, laughing their asses off yeah, on the other side yeah. of the door. Well played, well played up my, sailors. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> As you've crapped your it was pads. Great. But, you know, I mean, what a high compliment, right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. to, to be. Oh, we, we only punk the people we yeah, love. Honest precisely. to God. That's exactly. I, exactly. I was in for nine years yeah. in the Navy, and, and that's exactly what it was about. Right. Yeah, they liked you. Yeah. Otherwise, you, they would just. They just watch you go. Oh, and carry, right. Yeah, yeah. Throw, throw cans at you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I could tell sea stories all night. I, I did um, uh, electronic warfare when I was in. So I was familiar with that. Stuff, yeah. yeah. So I was working on exactly what you're talking about. Our spectrum analyzer, my first piece of equipment was a 1959 Sylvania. Um, Sylvania. Built. I was going to guess Cushman, yeah. but okay. It was, uh, it was, it's a. Uh, if you look up the WLR-1C, Whirly-1C is what we called it, or if you go on the blue back, they've got one on there. You can kind of right. see what the head end looks like. But you could barely fit. You could fit probably – you couldn't fit this and that and the antennas in this room. I mean, it was just okay. massive. It was okay. all hybrid tube. And, yeah, I'll buy that uh, for a dollar. It it's hard to imagine now, right? Yeah. But, yeah. It was just a beautiful – it was a work of art to operate. And uh, But it was – you know, you're looking at one frequency at a time. Right. So it had some special things that you could scan. And then we had other equipment that bolted on that gave us a wider spectrum. Okay. And then the newest piece of equipment that I went to work on, it's still in the fleet now. It's called an SOQ32. Um, I worked on the Variant 3, which had the ECM portion to it. They're just now installing Variant 7 of ECM, that. what's ECM? Uh, electronic countermeasures. Okay, that's, so electronic support measures yeah. is I'm listening to you and right. I'm, I'm gathering intel and electronic countermeasures is now that I know what you are, here it comes. And yes. I'm going to send you something back that's going to you know, confuse you. And that or, could be misinformation or jamming or I whatever so. those kinds yeah. of things are. I, right? I, yeah. I really <laughs> did... Half of what I did was electronic warfare, and the other half of what I did was deception in one form or another, either tactical, well, tactical deception, but either electronic or. That's or, fascinating. Yeah. That's awesome. It was. It was. Uh, <clears throat> it, uh, the job I loved. I absolutely right. loved the job, and you know, I I questioned my logic in getting out, but also. You know, it was time. I mean, sure. I was E six. I wasn't going to make E seven. I got in enough trouble. Too. I'd, <laughs> I, I I knew my way around the wrong right, yeah. wrong parts of town. So, you know, I just was I was kind of done. I just kind of get out. And but I became a ham. And matter of fact, my call sign is K seven E S M for that reason. Oh, right on. Electronic support measure. Yeah, so, cool, yeah. cool. So, uh, you so you did you did that's fascinating. By the way, what what happened what what did you get out of that field why'd you get out of the the medical telemetry data moving field what what happened after that uh, <clears throat> a lot of serious and rapid career growth yeah because that's um, a hell of a market i mean i, I work for yeah. ohsu now and that's yeah. telemetry is a huge deal up right there. absolutely D das distributed antenna systems are are oh daz is huge daz is huge right it's now huge. absolutely and the ones uh, my former company psi uh the ones that they're putting in, they can attenuate and control exactly the signal levels they want sure. at any given point, so they're stopping the ring around and the issues that they're having because mm -hmm. they put these things in and then realize, just like you said, if you're not balanced, you don't get them attenuated right. right. You're at the threshold of a building, the repeater picks it up, 
and the DAS system picks it up, right. and now you've got that slight delay, and yeah. then that ring around, and or it just causes nothing but issues. Worse yet, co-channel interference, yeah. or when you've got too high a power source near a receiver, you get desense, right? Like, yeah. there's all those things that happen. I did that with an AES radio. I desensed, really? honest to God, I desensed, it didn't mean to. We found this perfect spot for our, our radio and our IP link, and we put it up on the perfect spot. Right. And about maybe a month later, this guy calls me up, he goes, and he was from uh, not, I think it's Bear. I think it was Bearcom, don't don't quote me on that. But it's the one of the local groups here, it wasn't Day, it was the other one. And they said, hey, you by chance don't have a radio up on top of this school, do you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, we run a special needs bus net out of there, basically a radio system out okay. of there, a repeater. Right. And and this thing's desensing every so often. And I went, what's going on? He goes, well, my it's like my squelch level's going up and we can hear the noise. Right. And I went, what frequency are you on? And he told me, and I went, oh, it's me. It's yeah. hands down, it's me. Right. And he goes, he goes, well, I don't really- Now, was it a sideband or was it carrier? No, it was, Where it was, was it? carrier. Really? I, yeah, <laughs> it, it, a two and a half watt, two and a half watt signal. That's a lot of power. On a 9 dB gain antenna yeah. r- right there next to right. it. And I said, you don't have any, you don't have cavity filters on that thing, do you? He goes, man, those things cost like two grand. I'm like, right. dude. And I says, I will move my antenna. And he went, what? And I went, I'm a ham. And he goes, well, I'm a ham too. And I said, well, what, what, I caused the interference. What took you so long to yeah. figure it out, fellow <laughs> ham, right? <laughs> I said, it's me, bro. I'm yeah, the one doing right. it. And he, and sure enough, we could see anytime we transmitted his, it, he, they couldn't talk on right. it. And I said, that's entirely us. So we took our perfect location and moved it 50 feet down the thing. And, and that was it. He goes, oh, thank you. And I'm like, he was just shocked because I'm like, he goes, I thought we were going to have to fight about this. I said, absolutely not. Your radio, you were there first. It's your radio system. Right. It's for special needs kids. The last thing I'm going to do is fight with you on it. Like, Here it goes, man. <laughs> exactly. You know, we have LMR 400, baby. We can right. put it anywhere right. you want it. You bet. So, yeah. You bet. So, speaking of that, let mm-hmm. me ask you an interesting theoretical question. Sure. It just came up recently. Um, I know we put a place marker on the other stuff there, mm-hmm. but um, AES radios. Mm-hmm installation of an AES radio, let's say in an indoor environment mm-hmm. where the radio itself is not too far from the antenna itself, right. indoor, indoor mounted antenna. Someone recently told me that coiling, I wish our audience could see this, um, mm-hmm. coiling a wire in a circular pattern and then looping it over itself mm-hmm. into a figure eight reduces the loss of the signal in the antenna. Now, I can't put that together. Yeah. I can't put that together. I don't see any reason. I, I like, I'm it playing with inductivity. Like it would act like a choke That's me. what I think. Yeah, that's what act like, especially the turning it over. Right. I don't know what that, I know that I've seen them coil. I'm not the AS, but I've, a lot of hams when they install two and four, two meter and 440 stuff, sure. they'll put one loop. Yeah. On their Right. On and you coax. want bend radius to be big depending on whatever that frequency is. I've seen them do right? small too. Sure. But I'd have to, I, I've got an antenna book at home. I can probably look that up. Yeah. It's just weird to me because that you is know, bizarre. like coaxial cable is the conductor. Yeah. At, at worst, you get like skinning effect at high frequencies, right. right? I don't see how basically creating an inductor almost, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see how that would at, at all improve signal strength. I don't either. I th- I think it would it would increase XML 
That's right? what I would think Inductive so. reactants, right. which would then detune your radio. It would detune your antenna to That's your radio. So too. you would have a 50 ohm impedance, and now you've added more inductance, and right. you would change that level. So your radio might now be putting RF into a 45 or a 30 ohm load. Sure, right. Yeah, you know, thank you. Okay. That's the way I would see A little see bit of it. validation. Yeah. I, I actually had a, I, I had a, a, a deep um, and uh, passionate debate, <laughs> <laughs> let's say, uh, about this with a person who has much more experience with me. Mm -hmm. It's specifically in the fire alarm industry, sure. which AES radios, you know, the foundational part of that. Yeah. Um, but I'm a radio guy. I so, I would I would most of the radios that we just installed a bunch and most of them that we did the antennas literally go right on top of the cabinet sure. if you've got enough radios to mm -hmm. cover the mesh. Right. So for those of you who are not technically proficient in this, if you have an AES radio and you and it can see multiple radios, usually two or more, then it's considered a, a Netcon five mesh, and you've got a good connectivity. So the more radios you have in your network, the less external antennas you have to use. And because you, you've got enough signal going in the building that it can talk to two or three. We just had to, we had to change two of them just this week because one of them they're doing construction next to the building. Oh, and sure. as they get more and more equipment. Right, or, shit changes a yeah, little bit Yeah, changes there. a little yeah. bit. And we're, we're like, huh, well, the building's not gonna get any smaller, yeah, so we moved right. it up. That was easy, and then we had one that we just couldn't get a good signal out of, so we sure. had to pop it through a firewall and come up the other side. But right. yeah, um, I have seen those load, those radios go in, basically they're, they're supposed to be about two and a half watts, two to two and a half watts. If they're going like four watts, then they're, People don't know this, but that means that the the radio is moving, is putting out more power than it should. Do they and automatically so adjust their gain no, based? No, no, they no. don't. Okay. No, so that's why they give you a bird watt meter with them so that you can look at your SWR and look at how much power you're putting out. No shit. But yeah, but they don't, I mean, that's what they encourage you to use. I was unaware mm -hmm. of that. But most people, even when they look at it, they go, oh, this radio is putting out five watts or four right. watts. Well, they don't realize is that their impedance soft and something's wrong. Yeah. And you can tune a an antenna to a transmitter poorly. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, and your currents are off and it will actually <laughs> the crystal will the radio will will just yeah, it'll work great and then one day it won't cuz it's overheating and I've got a hard. good one for you Go on ahead. tuning antennas. Yeah. <laughs> Early in my career back in in two-way mm -hmm. radio, like here again working in actually um low frequency, mm -hmm. uh, 30 megahertz comms. For, yeah, so you've got uh, large antennas. Very long mm -hmm. antennas. Um, I was just cutting my teeth. And um, when, you, when you install a mobile antenna on a low frequency radio, you get, you get the length of a whip antenna that's mm -hmm. gonna cover the, the lowest frequency band, right? The right. longest wavelength. And your job is to trim it down using a bird swir, yep. until right? You, until you figure it and, out. Until your standing wave ratio goes way down, and mm -hmm. your you know, and your power is up, and everything. Well, I was actually working on a vehicle that was parked next to a building that had a corrugated metal um, yeah. siding, and it's affecting your. And I didn't. Yeah, didn't think about fresh it. Fresh out of college, you know, didn't think about. 
Mm-hmm. I was thinking about standing waves on the antenna. I wasn't thinking about the waves that would set up bouncing back off of the wall. Because you've got this near field, yeah. uh, this near field right. uh, effect from yeah. the metal. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I went through two antennas before <laughs> before calling my manager and to say, I, I can't get this thing to work right. You're out there going, why? <laughs> right. Why? Exactly. Doing a Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Precisely. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh, Radio... Communications, especially radio communications, baffled the bejesus out of me because EW is looking at radars, and radars are are I hate to say simple, but they're simpler than than communications in a lot of ways. Sure, because I you just got that. pulses, and when you're especially mm-hmm. looking at them, right. we weren't interpreting what the pulses were. We right. were just going, "This is the that's a pulse." The, yeah, here's the fingerprint of this radar. Yeah. Great, now we know what it is. Have a nice life. I was always interested in the communications aspect because how you've got these two units communicating, how are they doing that? Like, how is this handshaking and communicating, you know, and of course, at the time, the most common way was either voice or teletype. Right. And so teletype was just a mystery to me. I had no idea how the hell it worked. And so when I got to that last command, they did communications and other stuff. Okay. So radar type stuff. Well, I already had the radar background, so right. that wasn't a big mystery, but the communications I didn't know anything about. So as I got in more and more into it, I started working on VHF and some HF, but mostly VHF and UHF radios. And uh, then I started to get my head wrapped around it. It wasn't until I got out of the Navy and was able to really look at all the different modulation techniques as a ham radio guy and as right. just as a, as right. a radio aficionado yeah. and then start piecing it together. Yeah. And then around the about 2000, it just you know, the world changed for ham radio because right. you could plug it into your computer, not just through a data port. <sighs> yeah, right. you could yeah. use uh, inverter um, opto-isolators to basically take the signal and put it in your sound card. And then you have wow. the power of, of whatever software. Right. So then these cats were writing the software, like, oh, you want teletype software? Here you go. Now you can run teletype on your machine. Now you can run phase shift keying. Wow. Now you can run... Um, uh, multiple freak shift came yeah. and I just and all of a sudden all those answers came to me right. like like not to me I just learned them and I was like oh my god and and even automatic link establishment ALE which is used by the military to link HF radios ALE is a civilian thing now you can link right. up HF radios all you want and right. then move data back and forth yeah. it, I, it blew my mind because everything everything was based on communications one way or another. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's Ethernet, right? If it's TCP IP, Absolutely. was based on AX25 protocol, which right. was built by ham radio nuts in Hawaii to talk between Isn't islands. Isn't that shit incredible? It's all incredible, and That's it all amazing. goes back. So I keep telling people, look, you can you can shine on radios and communications, and but everything you know, everything you know is based upon how someone communicated over the last 100 years. Right. And all we've done, matter of fact, even in my classes, I teach people, I said, well, here's Baudet, this French guy, who came up with this, this protocol, basically, this language that they right. use for teletype, which teletypes were around in the late 1800s. Right. So he came up with this five-digit code. You could put the alphabet in it and all this crap. And the term B-A-U-D, BOD, comes from Baudet for BOD rate. No shit. No shit. Oh, that's cool. So All right. here's this guy who creates this language, essentially. And I said, now you think this is old-fashioned. It's not being used. Take your iPhone. Look up TTY. 
the hearing impaired, use TCY. Right. This shit's still built into your phone right. in 2023. Right. You've got 45 baud teletype in your in in every phone, <laughs> and I'm like, you can't you can't, you can't get away. Here you got more computing technology than than we had all the way up until about right. 1982 right. in my phone alone, yeah. and. More than what they put the rocket on the yeah. moon with, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and this, and it's still there. And did the audience hear that? I think you said forty-two baud, <laughs> forty-five baud, forty-five point forty-five baud, forty-five baud rate. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. So anyway, we got off on a track. Oh, but that's incredible. So you, so you've done radio, um, telemetry, and then you, you said you did the, you, you kind of did a career change. Yeah. And what was that? Yeah, it was a really interesting career change. Um, the internet bubble yeah. um, occurred. I'd heard about that. Yeah, it was big. The internet's, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shocking um, <laughs> Yeah, and so I found myself um, not working. It was right after the peak of my career at Welch Allen. I ended up in project management okay. there doing a, oh, lot, nice. of, a okay. lot of big jobs. Um, but anyway, uh, at that time, uh, that whole section of business and, and employment, you know, and upper management was just whacked across the board. Um, and so I found myself very uncomfortably learning about security technology as a sales representative for ADT, as a, as a matter of fact. Oh, no kidding. Probably 10 years ago. Okay. And um, I was with the core commercial group and really learned a tremendous amount of information about security technology mm -hmm. and what it does. Um, Were these like the focus panels at that time? Was that the common ADT panel or? Um, let's see, no, the panels were Vista. I think, oh, Vista, I think at okay. that time it was oh, yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. Vista stuff. Um, but anyway, you know, so, so I learned my chops um, in sales with ADT. I was very unsuccessful. I had a... <laughs> I still had that mentality. I was well. I was. I came up in service, yeah, and then in project management. And you're always kind of um, forgive me, salespeople. I have been one, and I've been a very successful one, and I admire all of you. But um, there was a certain, um, what am I looking for here? Uh, us and them. <laughs> kind of a, I mean, it exists, let's face it, it exists between sales and service and between sales and operations. There's always kind of a shortcoming somewhere along mm -hmm. the lines. I agree. And so I found myself wrestling with that in my in my character, in my personality, you know, I'm one of them. And you're also <laughs> more customer centric. Very much like so. Like you'll give the customer what they need as a service guy, but right. as a salesperson, it's like, I'll give you what you need as soon as you sign this. To a degree, um, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of approaches in sales that are salesy. Mm -hmm. I found my niche in being a consultant, really, really learning and understanding deeply the technology, and like like I say in a lot of places, I like to know the rules of the game so I can bend them. Sure. And so when you understand that technology, you can really take a big picture approach, and you can go you can work the whole spectrum from. Um, the benefits of protecting the safety of their property and their people to even business owners protecting themselves against those very same things, yeah. you know, because let's time theft and, yeah. you know, there's oh, a yeah. number of things that are just a reality, you know, business owners don't like to face that so much. But um, so I learned a lot about 
the technology of security and became a pretty successful consultant and salesperson. Nice. And uh, found myself after just a few short years in the sexiest job I've ever had. Sorry, ADT, I love being back, but uh, I worked for a company called Feeney Wireless based out mm -hmm. of Eugene, Oregon. Okay. And they had a skunk works division called Verisite. <sighs> oh, no kidding. Yes. And so Feeney Wireless huh. is one of the pioneers in machine-to-machine -machine communications. Okay. And they really started making huge market strides when they released uh, products that were small enough to outfit like um, Coca-Cola machines where you can run a credit card through. Mm -hmm. That connection is established over cellular. Oh, so like, like point of sale. Point of sale, yeah. um, vehicle tracking. There's uh, huh. putting, putting Wi-Fi bubbles for internet access around law enforcement vehicles like um, ambulances. Wow. You've got all kinds of telemetry. You can feed something like that from an ambulance and, and send amazing information to the destination that that ambulance is going to. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Patient vitals, yeah. you know, speed yeah, of the sense. vehicle, direction, everything, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, ETA, base right. your ETA mm -hmm. on that. I'm mm -hmm. sure, yeah, I, I haven't looked into that, but I could totally see. Yeah. Huh. It's really. That is really so cool. So we were just talking about data and communications yeah. and all that. The amount of information you can pack into a 4G, 5G signal now, which oh. is running in hundreds of megabits per second, is incredible. It's insane. Right? Yeah. It's like it's mind-boggling. It's insane. Yeah. It really is. Um, so and then we was, and then we bitch about it. it, it right. I can't. It's what, too South slow. Park on my, yeah. my stupid thing. Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Skippy. <laughs> hey, Mike here. I just want to do a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Now, listen, it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving, and we have seen a ton of growth, right? You guys are doing your part. People are downloading. You're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map, okay? We've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio, and the biggest thing that I want you to know is that I want to hear from you. You, you, the person listening to this, all right? You want to be a part of this show? You want to talk about tips and tricks? You want to talk about things that you've learned in the trade? You want to talk about how this has changed your life? You want to talk about stuff like that? Send me an email, okay? It's halfwattpod at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work, and people who do camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be fire alarm monkeys it could be anybody all right so let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life but uh so the skunk works division supported law enforcement agencies mm -hmm. and and our business was engineering and selling covert surveillance covert surveillance packages nice um you know, I, I'm honor bound not to speak too much about them, but mm -hmm. the idea um, is basically taking a lot of really high tech equipment, high speed cellular gateways, um, point tilt zoom cameras with extraordinary capabilities, um, and building them into packages that uh, would um, camouflage mm -hmm. into a natural environment, whether yeah. that's urban, whether it's, um, we did, you know, fish and wildlife, you'd be amazed 
you'd be amazed the amount of surveillance that the fish and wildlife, you know, um, mm -hmm. enforcement organizations have got to put out there to. Well, and people don't realize because you, what you're talking about, the CIA had been doing for years, oh, yeah. which is m disguising right. things that to look like objects right. that you innocuous objects you wouldn't even yeah. think yeah. about. Yeah. 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 So that was a really fun job. You know, it, it, it exposed me that to. That would be really cool. You know, that, I saw. Of, I'm going to go to work for these companies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I saw a lot of shit that I didn't want to see. You yeah. know, being yeah. privy oh, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, I can see know, that. Human trafficking. You know, big crime. They, yeah. You know, they don't they don't put these things up on somebody who's got a bunch of parking tickets. You know, these yeah. are these are the real bad guys. Um, Do we have real bad guys in Oregon? Oh, believe it. <laughs> yeah. Believe it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyways, that that was a super But not in Clackamas County. Job. I'm just saying. No, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> they all live in Clark County or right. <laughs> Multnomah. <laughs> that's cool though. So that you did that for a while and then it just kind of I did it for 5 years. Um That's a good long we were, time, man. We were tremendously successful. We built it into it was I think it was an 8 million dollar channel for the company. Wow. Wow. And then they sold to Insego, which oh. is a big company in machine to machine communications uh, they were interested in the unique um, Skyus technology that Feeney Wireless had developed and were not they were interested in selling hundreds of thousands of things that cost a couple hundred bucks as opposed to hundreds of things that cost tens of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. and so they you know they phase it out and, there you go. And on we go. There goes all the right, fun. Right. Isn't it funny when, when the when corporate overlords show up and then all of a sudden they just suck the fun out of the room? You're and, like, you know, what the hell? Dude, it was more than fun. I mean, we were yeah. doing really good work. We're supporting yeah. we're supporting operators. I, I built um I built surveillance vans mm -hmm. for the United States Marshal's office. I was gonna say. Um, I, I would be shocked if you weren't doing work for, for Distinct government three-letter yeah. agencies. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, lots of people have lots of opinions about law enforcement. Yeah, but when you're talking about that level of law enforcement, these are the men and women that just put their lives on the line, yeah. and they do good, hard work. You know, they put well, away and there's really and there's guys. a reason for it. Yeah. It's it's like it's like after the excuse me after the Patriot Act came out, all three they created fusion centers and people don't know what a fusion center is but a fusion center either. a fusion center is a way to sanitize intelligence information on from one side of the fence there's two sides of the fence mm -hmm. there's those who are in the know and those who are not those who are not in the know need information it goes through a process called sanitizing right. so now the information goes through the center it can be handed to law enforcement who don't have to know how they got the information. Right. They just need to know what the information is mm -hmm. and they can act on it. Mm -hmm. So a fusion center helps move those those things along. So Makes it's sense. kind of the the you know, the pros are if if you're moving if you're moving uh, you know, a truck full of drugs how they have that information you don't need to know about right. the fact that they're moving a truck right. full of drugs you do right. need to know about right. so do the stop get the dog oh my god look the mm -hmm. dog's indicated let's open it up my god there's you know enough fentanyl to kill everybody in North America right. thanks a lot you're going to prison so I you know that's what they've done and that's yeah. what they've changed it to yeah. and I've known people who have worked in the intelligence community who would go down 
temporarily and work for law enforcement. And once they had changed that dynamic, they don't have to do that anymore. They didn't have to go do that because there were other people doing it full time. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have a special relationship with some folks that, you know, were not operators, but worked in kind of a law enforcement capacity. Yeah, sure, in some, sure. some capacity or another. Right. It was, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, it, people don't realize just how much organized crime and how much real, you know, crap happens in this in these little communities they just they just don't have a clue you know that's not necessarily a bad thing for yeah. people at large right, right. because if they did Probably they wouldn't leave the house exactly. excuse my language but they would just, they would just you know cower get behind their sand bunkers and keep the weapons right. it's like right you know, but it is what it is i mean it's this way everywhere it's well, not just here yeah. it's everywhere yeah and you just have to go on living man yeah. you know you, you can't, can't let stop. that shit get you down no right? no i lived along the border for you know, 26 goddamn years. Well, right. Tell me what it's like, yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> That's where the first mass shooting ever really happened that was huge was oh, San Ysidro. Right. Right along the goddamn border. It's like, it's yeah. like 22 people died there. Yeah, it's like, wow. Right. It's crazy. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, we grew up around all that shit. Right. And I came up here to get away from it. And here it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you worked for this company and that kind of sucked when the, the, the corporate... Giants came in, took the wind out of your sails. Yeah, it was unfortunate. What happened then? Oh, I had a couple of interesting gigs in between. Um, just um, things were pretty good at that time, so I wasn't in a hurry to get back to work, and I wanted to do some fun stuff. And so uh, for a little while, I worked for a vehicle upfitter. Nice. Um, sounds like you're familiar. So company that does lighting, um, mm -hmm. communication systems, the um, uh, push guards, you know, yeah. um, prisoner, you know, uh, mm -hmm. barriers in the back of the back. That's of the a big, cars. that's a big industry. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of good folks with new wiring harnesses right, for everything. Right. Yeah. yeah there's really a couple cool of, stuff. you know, the, the really the top players are, you know, like Whelan, mm -hmm. um, who do like, you know, 90%. I think Federal's the other one, right? These are the, the big yeah, guys. I, I hadn't, I didn't know the names of them, but I'd yeah, you know, because I did a lot of fire alarm work and right. it was mostly inspection stuff. Sure. I would go into these places, and, right. and of course, I'm one of these kind of guys that's kind of like, oh, "What do you guys do here?" Right, and then suck it all up. Yeah, exactly. Go, that's cool. Exactly. <laughs> I love learning from. I, I, me too. Almost everyone that I meet. Yeah, you know, I I, I totally get into it. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. I, I met a I had a guy here named Paul who was. Matter of fact, he just texted me the other day. Some information. We're still texting back and forth like right. physics stuff. And I'm just just. Just learning. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Very Never stop cool. learning. <laughs> so you work for them, and then what? Um, well, then I went to the job that I had right before this one, uh, working for a great little outfit called Inova Northwest out mm -hmm. of McMinnville. Um, small powerhouse, you know, um, security integrator. Mm -hmm. And um, I had engineered a very large um, camera system for an industrial manufacturer in Longview. Mm -hmm. I think 146 camera lenses over um, about 80 radio pairs. Oh, wow. All radio. Wow. The, the infrastructure there is terrible. Um, it's, it's an old plant. Mm -hmm. All of the underground stuff is unreliable. Even the fiber just isn't, you know... It, 
single mode is great, but when it gets old and crusty, let's face yeah. it, it becomes unreliable. Yeah, so apart. I ended up engineering a point-to-point know, -point radio network to support all of those cameras. Um, big a Vigilon system, and it, uh, I think at the head end, we're transporting somewhere along the lines of like, 1.2 gigabits per second of wow. camera information. That's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. It, is it all like 5G kind of frequencies or no, lower? No, it's, it's all it's all five gigahertz point to point. Okay. Yeah. So you you're know. just aiming microwave antennas mm -hmm. at each other and yeah. moving data. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh. Um, real challenge. You know, the uh, the property itself is only four miles long, and when mm -hmm. you're working with high gain parabolic albeit small you know i mean yeah but you got to be dead on you, you got to aim them well, not dead only on. do you have to be dead on but when you get dead on um an installer would be um i think uh biased toward uh railing the power up mm -hmm. just because mm -hmm. here again back to the desensitization conversation right if you don't pull it back right. as far as you can until you start suffering data loss and then bump it back up a little bit, you'll be overpowering that yeah, link exactly, and causing exactly its own right. interference. Yep. You're exactly and you'll right. slow it down. You'll slow it down. And do, if you're sending 4K video over mm -hmm. a wireless link, it's got to be fast. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, not. But everybody's thinking, oh, well, we need all this power when that's not the case. What right. you need is clarity. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's so exactly right. So the check right. sums come back yes. right. Well, so I liken it to trying to listen to a whisper when someone's yelling in your ear. <laughs> right? Yeah. It makes sense. It makes total it, it, sense. You connect with that. Um, so, But so you have a perspective on that because you've worked in data communications yes, for so correct, long. Yes, right. I, I learned it recently, really, not recently, but when I became a ham, where we were using phase shift keying when PSK31 mm -hmm. came out. So 31 baud phase shift keying on HF. I'm talking to a guy in Los Angeles, and that's one hop from Oregon City to Los Angeles. Wow, uh, right. On 14, yeah. 14 megahertz, yeah. um, uh, 20 meters. Good old terrestrial communications. Just, yeah. huh? And this guy and I were talking <laughs> keyboard to keyboard, and he's like, what's your power out? And this is 0.75 watts. And he goes, 75 watts? That's way too much. And, I, and he goes, I can barely hear you. And I said, no, 0. 0.75, three quarters of a watt. He right. goes, no way, no way. And it's so I turn my power to five watts and it goes away. <laughs> so we were actually talking keyboard to keyboard on HF. He, I was talking to him. He wasn't, he wasn't using that low power at, at less than a watt right. at the time. It's and incredible. then I, I just bumped it to two watts so we could have a, a nice conversation without right. anything getting lost. Right. But that's, you're exactly right. That, you know, and then I came to understand, yeah, it's not, and the ham radio thing is use as little power as you need to get the job done. Right. Not try to, you know, be the loudest guy in the band. Well, exactly. Yeah. And then you're working more efficiently, right? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of benefits. Yeah, everything runs cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Yeah. But that's neat. So yeah. then you got this point-to-point -point system going. Yeah, so I got it all. Well, so actually I didn't get it going yet. I was, uh, I was the sales engineer, if you mm -hmm. will. I was in a sales role. Um, and it's a pretty complex system. And so... Um, we agreed that I would project manage the job. Is um, I would shift my role mm -hmm. to project management, 
which is what returned me to project management. I had been a PM 10 years before in medical, and that's really where my passion is, honestly. I really, I really like PMing. I like being a leader. Um, I like uh, surrounding myself with really intelligent, capable people, um, and the interfacing with the client and the whole experience Mm -hmm. for me is really, really rewarding. Um, I was successful in sales, but I didn't enjoy it, you know, that much. I can get that. Yeah, and I enjoy this a lot. And so um, I project managed that job. And not only did we do that, but um, Innova, really, I gotta boast on some of their capabilities for being such a small company, man. Um, We put fire alarms, I think, in 28 buildings in the course of about six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, that's uh, a huge great deal. team for a small for a small mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Absolutely, great team. Huh. <clears throat> we lived up there for you know most of that time, four days a week. I'd say. Wow. Yeah, great project though. But um, you know, as as growth mm-hmm. happens and everything, um, time and fortune and um, a little bit of a sabbatical in between really leveled me out. Mm-hmm. And got me ready for where I am now, man. Uh, so now, then you just made a jump to ADT, and now you're a PM in here. I didn't make the jump. I took five months. So you just, did you go on a walkabout? I did. Where'd you go? I, well. Big timer. A lot of places I'm locally. A lot of places. A lot of places locally. So I, I had a life event that um, kind of scared me. Okay. You know, I thought I was having a heart attack, to be honest with you. Um lots of stress you know mm-hmm. carry, carrying a heavy workload and um really not being dialed in and centered in a in a balanced way where i could manage that spiritually for myself mm-hmm. and uh the scare was enough for me to recognize that well i can't do this you know i gotta stop <laughs> get yeah. off the boat for a little while right yeah. um so my plan was three months uh it worked out to be five and it was just a lot of fun, relaxing, nice. meditation, yoga, spirit deep dive, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of really good stuff. Um, who, who did you, did you read like Jay Krishnamurti or who did, who are you into? I was, man, I was all over the place. Okay. Um, really just working in, you know, my own personal meditation yeah. um, <clears throat> and, and finding my own space, comfort in my own space again. Comfort I, in your own, yeah, being comfortable in your being, own skin. Being comfortable, comfortable in my own skin, good company mm-hmm. for myself. Um, not, it took a long time to get over the feeling that I should be delivering better. I should be more ahead of mm-hmm. where I am with, you know, workload and a balanced lifestyle, you know. Yeah. And taking that time off, uh, it was incredible. It was a long time. I know not many people can do that, but I would recommend a good oh, break to, to I'd anyone. Love to for, I'd love to check that. That yeah. would be that would be incredible it, it fun was, for me. It was life changing, man. About you know, I come. I'm 52 years old. Oh, you're an old man. Um, Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in better physical shape than mm-hmm. I was when I was 40. I'm in better mental shape than I've ever been in my life. Nice. I'm centered in a way that allows me to deal with all of the issues that come along with um, managing complex 
um, integrated security projects. You mm -hmm. know, I don't only do fire for ADT. Um, we do, you know, I also do surveillance and intrusion and mm -hmm. access control. Um, and, you know, that comes with a lot of complexity and challenges in personalities and, yeah. um, and I just, I thrive on it and I find myself in a place where uh, I can really be a great servant to the men and women that I'm leading. Hmm. And that is a great reward. When you're the second ADT, man, you know, not manager, but professional I've talked to uh, who's still working for ADT, that's been really impressive to hear. Really has. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. I mean, you're the second person to come in here and gone, this is what I do, this is why I do it, yeah. and I'm damn good at it, and yeah. I like it. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. And I don't always get that, so it's it's nice to hear. And we, we and I, you know, I had a Gary Youngberg on the show who was an ADT tech from years ago, and he, you know, he's a nice at four. He's a heavy hitting. Oh yeah. E EST right. guy. I mean, this guy is is like, yes, yeah, EST owes him a lot. Right. I mean, he's good at what he does. He's a serious integrator. And uh, he just raves about his time in ADT and how what he learned from working on the equipment, you know, because they've, they've been around for so long. Right. I've worked on ADT switches that were older than me. I'm right. like, holy yeah. cow, look at this thing. <laughs> this is big. You can kill a brother with this. No kidding, man. No <laughs> yeah, kidding. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's cool to hear, you know. Um, so... You also play guitar, and you. So, is that part of your in your sabbatical? Have you always been playing, or did you? Oh, just... I've. Well, that's an interesting, interesting story. And question Wax eloquent. Also. I want to hear it. Okay, um, so I grew up in in a mixed household, mm -hmm. um, single Caucasian mom, um, uh, living with uh, African American father, mm -hmm. and um, uh, a half white and half black. Uh, brother, mm -hmm. um, who was from another woman, so it was a it was a completely sure. beautifully mixed family, blended family, right? Um, living in Claremont, California, which is in LA County. Um, for people who don't know, there are seven college campuses within the city limits of this little town, which bring people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it really, truly was a melting pot. Great place to grow up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, people from all over the world, so. I have a gift of understanding dialects from any, like if you're speaking sure. anything that's even close to English, I can pick it up, mm -hmm. you know. So as a young kid, I didn't know it, but um, my dad's name is Clabe Hangen, mm -hmm. C-L-A-B-E, Clabe Hangen. Um, and he had always been a semi-famous blues man um, in the Claremont, Laverne, Los Angeles County area mm -hmm. for a very long time. Uh, he played music at uh, Penny University in Laverne, uh, which was a hot spot for blues in Southern California wow. at the time. Mm. Cool. And uh, growing up, you know, I was just a kid. I didn't really appreciate the music, especially, you know, dad would just sit in the living room rehearsing, not even rehearsing songs, honestly, just running through scales and just like, you know, polishing up his chops. Well, it turns out that through the course of my young childhood, we had the likes of um, Taj Mahal was a close personal friend of my father's. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> uh, the linkage to Taj is that uh, Ben Harper, are you familiar with yeah. Ben Harper? Uh -huh. I went to high school with him. He was, <laughs> he was my older brother's 
one of my older brother's best friends. And my dad um, had a part in helping to teach Ben how to play guitar. Damn. Um, and so I didn't really recognized a lot of this as a young man. Mm -hmm. And of course the Ben Harper times was after, you know, a later point in my life where um, I was on a separate path. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, music was rich in the family and I didn't pick up the guitar until I moved away from California to Oregon, mm -hmm. um, probably about 25 years ago or so. Nice. And, and then I started putting everything together and I was walking through the grocery store at Safeway and I heard a song that Ben Harper sings, Always Have to Steal My Kisses From You. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Ben has a very, he's got a notable speaking voice. And I, I, I thought, man, that sounds like Ben. And I looked it up, sure enough, you know, it was Ben. Um, but anyway, so <clears throat> I guess that's to say that, you know, music has always been rich in the family, but I didn't pick it up until much later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And now you play regularly and and probably every other week you know nice. with with at least one other person mm -hmm. um you know the occasional couple months here and there i might get together with a few um self-taught mm -hmm. sloppy but you know i can keep a great beat and I, I, think like it's, sing, I think it's just something you know. if you enjoy it yeah. i think it's really all yeah. that i i don't play an instrument i i sing but i don't play right you know and that's my only you know thing i've tried but I don't. I don't have the skill set. Singing for is it. fun though, too, man. Singing, I can I do. I love singing. But but the rest of it is. Matter of fact, when I'm programming at work, the guys can tell because I have my AirPods in. And, right. Oh, you listen to Mozzie Star, huh? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever tribe I've got playing. That's funny. My, the guys on the other side of the queue for me because I can always tell when you're programming something heavy because. You know, I'm singing the Offspring. Right. But, yeah. That's just it's good. I I love watching. Bands, I love, I love, I love watching music oh, yeah. and listening to oh, it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm such a studio fanatic that if I go to see a band, like I, was, I like Garbage, I like The Offspring. Okay. Uh, Duran Duran's coming. I was thinking about seeing them. Right. So come in June, and um, Garbage is coming as well. I'll, I'll probably well see Garbage. But um, I, when I go and see somebody live, if they play as well as they do in their studio, like I'm. Oh, freaking hooked. That's off the chain it's when that off the happens. Chain. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I have seen, like, my, my my top band of all, the band I've seen more than anybody else, is Cracker. I have seen Cracker, and, and uh, I've seen them do Mississippi Studios, you know, acoustic sets together, right. uh, David Lowry and, and, um, and um, Johnny Hickman. I've seen them play at the Aladdin. I've seen them play... I, I can't even tell you. I think I've seen them seven times. And they just smash it when they're I, live. I, huh? I just, I can't get enough. I can't yeah. get enough of them. I, yeah. Absolutely. The, 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 my, if I ever have a moment, it's, I'll listen to Cracker. Right. That's just the, the best band for I'm me. I'm going to have to write it down. I'm not familiar oh my with God. Cracker. Oh my I'm God. It's, it's, out. if you like, if you like a kind of a country rock, it, it, you, it, you can't really describe it. You can't like, describe their music. It's just, it's just absolutely absolutely golden and uh, yeah i mean it's yeah. if you if i say the offspring you know what you're going to get like sure. if you see the offspring in concert they just came and i missed them if you get a chance to see the offspring in concert you will not be disappointed really oh okay. my god the best concert i ever saw in my life wow. was the offspring very cool and they, it was at the roseland 
and they they blew the breaker in the place, nice. the main breaker, like twice. Oh, literally. Yeah, literally did. blew. It. I mean, there's a were playing, the lights went out, and you know, and and uh, right. and that they're like, shit. I wanted to go see Noodles, who's one of their lead, you know, one of their main guitarists. I wanted to see how he could play so fast. I had no idea anybody could play an act so fast. Really. And I had to see how he did it. Yeah. And I just was overwhelmed by by uh, uh, by their music. They were absolutely jaw droppingly good to watch, and and Man. every they sounded precisely like you hear the energy, all of it. And uh, I, I I just by the time I got done, I was running the edge of the mosh pit. By the time I got done, my t-shirt was down on my knees. There wasn't a stitch of clothing on me that wasn't soaked from sweat. <laughs> And I went back to work and worked for half the yeah. night and fell asleep. I went, I can't do this crap anymore. But uh, yeah, I, so I love music. And there's right. some local folks like Miller and Sasser and that I've seen a couple of years ago. It's just some some incredible talent. And Man. even at the last place I worked at, there was a guy named Guy Cutler who was a, who was a uh, singer, musician, uh, you know, writer. Um, there was uh, 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 Jim Bramlage was a, was a musician even even the CEO was a musician and the and the and the damn uh, general manager were all no players kidding. there must have been wow. there must have been 10 axe players at yeah. this place and they were all good I was like <laughs> damn here I'm the only guy who can't play an instrument right hey but you can sing though well, I can there's, sing. A, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of people who can play instruments but can't sing bro that's yeah <laughs> dang, they that's shouldn't true. sing maybe they some shouldn't. of them just shouldn't sing <laughs> But I, uh, I really, I really envy the fact that you could play, and it's fun. that you've carried yeah. forward. So you've you've done some life centering. You've done some pretty heavy technical work. Now you're back, PMing and happy. Mm -hmm. What's uh, tell me tell me about your gig? I mean, how long you been back at ADT and and how's um, just just three months now? Yeah, okay. actually, uh, heavy a lot of heavy lifting in mm -hmm. learning. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, ADT is no joke. Yeah. They deliver projects, um, software systems, reporting systems, mm -hmm. disciplines, um, an incredible work ethic. In the wow. I, I can't say enough. Honestly, here again, revisiting, yeah. 52 years old. Um, I've worked in corporate environments. I have worked in small private environments. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in now large corporate right yeah, ADT, that's pretty good size <laughs> billion dollar company yeah. right yeah, big, big timer big organization uh the culture that has been created at the portland branch here mm -hmm. is the best professional culture i've ever worked in no kidding it's amazing no kidding it's amazing the the teamwork yeah. the recognition the respect among Every single level within the office is just, it's amazing. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Excellent. Huh. I'm, I'm really, it's not an advertisement. I'm, li I'm really no, blown I, away by it. I'm and, and proud even, to be a Even part if it were it. an advertisement, I would yeah. still want to hear it. Yeah. But know. that's nice to hear because I've had, I've worked for large corporations and mm -hmm. I'm working for a large one now and small bond paws. And right. I've kind of, I've, I left to find to go into this little to become this cog in the machine that I work for now 
and I fit right in there. And I knew I fit in there because I worked there before, so I just kind of oh, came back nice. and went, oh, I'm this this little gear that works right here. Right. And they said, well, we want you to be a, a work center supervisor or a coordinator, and I went, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to coordinate anything. I just want peace. I had a guy come back um, from, uh, he'd went to Montana. He'd become a, a big, like a, uh, operations manager, which is what I was, at a corporation in Montana. And he came back, and when he came to work for me, he's a nice at four. He just said, I don't want to do anything. I just want to tech for a while. And I could, and I thought, well, that's kind of odd because this guy's got some mad skills. Right. Um, and he just he just said, uh, no, just let me, just let me kind of go out in the field and do something for a while. And I, I said, see that. Yeah. And I said, do what you, do what you want to do. Yeah. And so that's exactly what we did. And uh, I didn't put any pressure on him to do anything and other than what he wanted to do. And now he's he's finally to a point where he felt good enough to start picking up the ball and, and now he's doing more stuff. So he's like right. project managing DAS systems and radio systems and yeah. and he's he's liking it where he's at and he's so he sort of found his groove and he's back into doing it. Right. And when I left the company and went to work for the Hill, HSU, OHSU, I just I did the same thing. I just went just give me let me just work on the system. And right. let me just dial this in. Yeah. And and even I'll i I'll spend days programming and working on graphics and oh, dialing sure. stuff in and there's just there's just this level of satisfaction when i walk away from it and I look over and you know we used to have a list of problems this big and now they're this big right. and now i can see what i want to do and where i want to take the system yeah. and i'm just going this is i want this is the only employee i want it's just this thing like, i'll <laughs> right. manage this thing yes. like i'll do what you you know but don't make me manage people for a while just right. give me and it's been a year and a, almost a year and a half. I have no desire to go up. Like I've already reached makes sense, the though. apex of my career. Sure, I'm, I've already hit that height. I'm just ready to well, to find the nadir as I well, slide out right, to, right. to 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 retirement at some point. I'm 58, well, so I yeah, don't know when that's well, going to be. But. Sometimes we recognize the cost. Like mm. I don't want to pay that cost anymore. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and I've absolutely. had like where you had that moment where you're those months where you're able to 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 do that yeah, I've incredible. had some um, serious trauma in, happen in my life like really bad crap and uh, the the last one that hit me hit me so hard it was so bad when it when it came when it all came undone that and I couldn't stop I was still managing I was still so I had to just keep that oar in the water right. but meditation and being able to to just hit my knees and stop and clear my get the monkey man to yeah. stop talking. Yeah. My old man had always pushed me to read a guy named Jay Kirshnamurti, who's if you if you know anything about him, he's just he's just one one thing. And he'd always push me to read this guy. And okay. I every time I tried to read the book, I'm like, I'm not in right headspace for it. Yeah. And um, when I hit the the really heavy part of my life, I finally wrote one of his books, and I could have written it. Well, at, see, they, they I, I, land I mean, at the right time for you, They land at the though, right time. Right? And I went, this guy is yeah. what, that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where he's at. Now I can right. get this. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's helped tremendously. But when I get out of that practice, like like I bicycle to work and exercise, which yeah. kind of helps keep my yeah. head about that stuff. When I get out of there, I can tell, like when I'm not centered. Right. And I need to 
figure out where to get in the right headspace. Right. Music is is one of my biggest ways of doing. It. I can pop in music with my AirPods and immediately find where I need to be. Right. And even though I can't play it, I damn sure I'm aficionado of listening to it. You bet. <laughs> I was Absolutely. doing Red Hot Chili Peppers all the way here to the damn parking Absolutely, lot. Absolutely, man. And that's meditative, right? It is. But, you know, when you're, um, so I just recently graduated uh, as master uh, Reiki practitioner now. Really? So, yeah, I'm a master uh, level tell, practitioner. Tell of, me about that. Uh, so Reiki is a form of energetic healing. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting. If you want to dive down this little rabbit hole with me, um, being a radio it's my person, podcasting, do whatever we well, want. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So watch the producers all freaking out. <laughs> We're not even looking at them. We're not even looking at them. <laughs> so um, being a radio man, mm-hmm. you you understand radio frequency you understand vibration i do right i, get I would it. think um for me the journey the, the interest began a couple of years ago when i ran across a little brief bit of um research from uh dr emoto okay. japanese dr emoto and um, his studies were you know there's this whole thought process of if you speak nicely to your plants they'll grow better mm-hmm. than if you don't right um, and so he began uh, early in cymatic which is sound frequency um, physical relationship type um, mm-hmm. science um, research back in the day and he took photographs of water molecules in the moment that they're freezing so they drop the temperature freeze a water molecule and in the moment that it's freezing he would speak uh, intentions on Hmm. it you know I love you for example or you're beautiful or conversely I hate you you're ugly Mm -hmm. and interestingly the water molecules formed with the positive vibrations in symmetrical, beautiful formations like you would expect, like a snowflake or you know, ice formation, mm-hmm. and those that were um, spoken upon with you know, disdain or negative energy, if you will, froze in asymmetrical forms that weren't very pretty. Hmm. Um, you know, and so following that, the whole idea behind a lot of his research was, and I could very well be misspeaking, so, um, you know, don't take me literally to this. Explore it yourself. Um, but the human body mm-hmm. is largely made up of water, right? Um, you're experiencing my voice is the result of vibrations, you know, mm-hmm. emanating from me to you. And they carry along with them a certain intention, right? I'm having a great time tonight in our mm-hmm. conversation. I'm sure that's carrying across in in what you're hearing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you know, uh, if I had bad or harmful vibrations, I think that would also come across, right? Mm-hmm. So that got me interested in vibrations and somatics and um, just energy exchange. It started me through this whole path. That forgive me, I forgot where I was going with the point of the question. Uh, to but, Reiki. What, oh, to Reiki. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. So through this journey I found the home spiritual center which Mm -hmm. is located in Salem Oregon Um, extraordinary uh, metaphysical um, place of gathering you know very Mm -hmm. much like a church you Mm -hmm. know 
um, lots of different walks of life. And I got introduced to uh, Reverend Jen Rothrock, who's a mm -hmm. Reiki master. Um, and I, this funny thing is, I remember as a kid actually playing guitar when I was first learning and becoming a member of the band that I did play in at that time. We opened for a, metaph a, metaphys a metaphysical healing office in Salem okay. many years ago. Huh. And I remember in the backyard, we're playing guitar and there's a woman sitting in a chair and there's another woman standing over her with her hands kind of hovering over the mm -hmm. other woman's body. And I remember asking like, what is, what's going on over there? and Reiki healing. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time in my life thinking, what a joke, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's just silly. She's not even touching her. What could possibly be happening there? But after coming to this understanding of um, vibration mm -hmm. and intention and energy that just exists between us, um, Reiki became interesting and I got a Reiki treatment, which was mind blowing. Hmm. It was a really interesting experience like a spiritual massage, I guess. It was weird, yeah. Um, fascinated me. And then Jen um, opened a class and over the last you know year or so, um, journeyed from Reiki one, two, three master and hmm. uh, it's a great experience. But you know, another source I think of, you know, foundation, centeredness, mm -hmm. you know, balance, yeah. right? It's yeah, good stuff. It's a good mix for a person who uh, works in technology and yeah. managing people and yeah, yeah, yeah multifaceted projects, right? You yeah. know, it's a managing good managing people is hard. Yeah, managing people is 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 a skill that every time I think I I'm good at it, I meet somebody who really is. You know, yeah. And so I I one thing I understood early on was um, I thought I would be the best at something. Like I've had this desire to be the best, you know, martial artist and or the best, whatever, right. you know. And um, there was always somebody better, always, and Ooh, and and and, and not so. not around the not on the other side of the globe, right. you know, down the street. Right, and yeah. you're like, wow, I'm just one outside of, of your own yeah, head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your little brother's right. better. You didn't know it, you know. And and so it was humbling to to go back, you know, and. The uniqueness of humanity is that we're all unique. There is nobody, there's nobody right. better than me except right. me. Right. And the only person I can change in this equation is me. Precisely. And and dealing with what's going on and dealing with, with other people and, the, and, and what's happening is really my interpretation of what's happening right. and how I'm gonna deal with yeah. it. And um, getting that under my, into my belt and, and then just working Forward, yeah, and man. not back. Yeah, was uh, some of the I'll I'll go ahead and, and share it. But I had uh, I've I've been married twice, and, and during my first marriage, I lost both of my kids. So mm. I've I've put you know both my daughters in in the ground and at different times. Oh, yeah. literally, yeah, man! Literally. I'm so sorry. No, 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 to no hear it's, that. it's not here to. No, I understand. Definitely not here to, to take the, the conversation yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. The the process and the you know the the part of the grief process and part of the healing process for me was 
going through all the counseling I needed to go through, all the talking about it I needed to go through, all the experiences I needed to go through, right. talking to other people who had lost kids, talking to other people who had lost their parents, because you know, I've lost everything, I lost yeah. all that shit. Yeah. So, and then coming back going, it's okay. Each day I'm alive, each day I wake up and move forward is one day more than a whole plethora of people. Okay, yeah. and the end is near. I mean, there's gonna be a point where oh. I won't wake up yeah. one day, and that's okay. Yeah, we're terminal beings. We're terminal sure. beings. Yeah, the death rate's one per right. person, and yeah. we're all gonna have it. So, and so, coming to grips with with your own mortality, the mortality of others, it is all of a sudden you you get this uh, this sense of of each day. This is all you've got. This is yeah, all you've got. Right. Matter of fact, you're living time at the speed of light. People are going, oh, I always wanted to go fast. You are going fast. You're living you are the light. now. Yeah, this right. is it. Yeah. It moves. Yeah. Time and everything moves at the speed of light. Totally and what we talked about yeah. a second ago is gone and will right. never come back. And what's coming now <laughs> is coming at you at the speed right. of light. Yeah. So, so you're at it. You, there is no going faster than this. Right. There is just doesn't exist. If you can't make sense of what you're doing now, what the hell do you think you're going to do a month from now? You like really you can't you this is it, man. Yeah. You doesn't get any right. better than this. Yeah. It, your life doesn't get any better yeah. than what it is right now <laughs> and how you make the decision on whether you're going to you know, you're going to make something of the next 10 seconds or are you going to get hit by a damn bus? Right. You don't know. Right. But you do know that you are in control of you at this time and how you interface with other people. Well, let's hope and how, so. Hopefully. And <laughs> right. how they interface with you. Because yeah. sometimes I can, you know, people, people, when I see people taking advantage of stuff, that's when I fall short. Like when people go, well, well you know, we, we're going to do this. I'm like, who the hell are you? Like, right. like this is not. Those are my buckets. You know? yeah, so right. Mike, you don't tell me what to do with my shit. And so, you know, I can still see all the shortcomings that are there. And I just know that, dude, at some point I got to get over this. Right. And just, I, what do I want to be? Well, do I want to be an Abe Lincoln? Do I want to be a Winston Churchill? Do I want to be a, you know, a Patton? Do I want to be a, a Jay Kirsten Murdy? Right. Or do I want to be a Mike Brooks? Yeah. And, and I want to be able to affect as many people as possible and leave absolutely no trace. Like no trace. Like there should okay. be there should the Zen is and and I'm uh, very much into into yin and yang yeah. and the and the balance in that in that there should be no record of any changes you've made in this world, but your effect on this world should be massive. Meaning the change I mean, is there. You brought change yes. here. You brought positive, good things right. here. No one knows how to Not in the happen. interest of recognition not in the, or anything like right. that, right? Yeah. Not in the yeah. interest of recognition. Yeah. Not to pop, it, it should be no ego in Boom. it. Boom, yeah. It should, it should be egoless. Right. If that, to me, the day I can step one foot forward with no ego is the day that I should go. <laughs> That's the day I should be over with. You right. finally made it. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> You're, and, and, you know, my philosophy is is thus, but you know, I'm currently in my brain. I'm that you're talking about metaphysics. We're talking. I'm looking at the 
you know, these UAVs and this issue that we're oh, going yeah, Everybody right. who's listening to my podcast and knows me, knows I've been spun up about the 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 Navy videos that sure. tic and all yeah. these things. And now yeah, that yeah. they've got whatever they're going, oh, whatever yeah. the hell's going on now, I'm with I you there. finally wrote the president and an email the other yesterday morning and said, okay, man, enough. Okay. Give us some information. Here. Yeah. Come on. Really? Seriously. I mean, this is enough. Like stop hiding all this behind yeah. classification and tell us what you know. Has he gotten back to you? No, nah, I mean, <laughs> he didn't know me from Adam's house cat, but it's at least my civic duty and my yeah, job no, as an American to right. say, Hey, sure. you know what? I've got every right to reach out, you know, Dude, and say, it's, give me some information here. I got to know. Cause I think there's more to it than, of course there is. than what we know. There's, there's, I think know. there's multiple dimensions. I think more there's something. To it. Ha- yeah. I think there's more to it on the governmental side. Uh-huh. I think there's more to it on the terrestrial side, wherever it's coming from. And I think there's more to it from the extraterrestrial I, side. I think you're I right. I think it's all happening. Well, and, um, and like, like Paul Waterman and I were talking physics a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've been, just entrenched in reading books on physics and trying to get my head wrapped around the space time. Right. That, that, uh, matter of fact, I'm working on an Einstein book. Which How's is, that going for you? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> you t- about the time you think you know what the hell you're talking about, right. you listen to somebody who's got, who's a, who's a physicist and they, and you just go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Especially it's, when it gets down just, to the, it's just like, <laughs> right. I feel exactly the way. About, about the time I think I've got this concept. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was sitting in a meeting last night because I certainly wasn't enjoying the meeting, working on, on gravity, working on on trying to understand that again, just just to just to get a, a grip on it. Just, That's neat. Just because I I I'm, the, I want. I want to know how yeah. the machine works. And I, I've yeah. come up with a couple of theories which don't mean squat because, you know, right. who the hell cares? But I I'm starting to I'm starting to think about it in those terms. And now when I listen to these guys, like I'm picking up about every tenth thing they're saying or before it was every twentieth. Wow. <laughs> and That's you, funny. When I first started I didn't understand any of it, so I'm getting closer. <laughs> That's funny because you flipping that page yeah. and showing you know Me. these formulae for gravity. Yeah, I'm just working. Well, um, I'm, I'm just kind of working out some physics things. Yeah, I think it's. I really have a high level of respect for minds that can wrap themselves around that level of mathematic Me understanding. Me too. Because man, I don't. I mean, I never got there. Um, I, and I didn't even get to calculus because I couldn't understand. The calculus the, broke me. That's I ended. Yeah. I ended at calc. That's why I didn't get my I, double. I didn't e. even get that far. I, I think I, I ended in, in somewhere in trigonometry. Yeah. My 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 foot fell off and I had to go. Right. I couldn't. I just couldn't get it. But it was a high school. When I did college, a little bit of college, I had no problem with the math. Like oh, I could see. do chemistry and mathematics, I could understand if I could put my hands around it and see the physics of it, I could do it. That's interesting. But I couldn't do it if it was just now, class. Let's yeah. talk about x squared equals. Right. Oh my God, that's not teaching. I don't know. I couldn't get past calc. That's so I didn't doubly. I was in a doubly program, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I ended up just exiting with my associates in my third year of I'm engineering. Just going, yeah, I've had just enough. because I couldn't get past the math. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have the foundation. I was a very smart kid, but I was a rebel kid with lots of, you know, issues, and I didn't spend a lot of time at school. Yeah. I actually dropped out in my senior year. Um, 
after getting the beginning of the story of our <laughs> of our journey full circle. Yeah, that we was should what probably we could end school. on that. So you're back right. in LA <laughs> getting some hot merchandise about to go to the clink. That's hilarious. So God, funny. man, we so just turned funny. it full, yeah. full circle. Yeah, yeah. amazing. God, would you come back again? And, and oh, I've really you know I've really enjoyed this conversation. Good. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to. That'd I would fun. love to have you back. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.